Who is entitled to see the results of a workplace investigation? All right, I love the question. I'm not sure how we got to Madden BI, because anyway. he's a private <laughs> investigator. You know, one of the things I was going to say in response to this question is, in our role as counsel, you know, I've done investigations. Our, our team can do investigations. We usually prefer not to. We usually prefer to be counsel as opposed to investigator, because if you're the investigator, you can't also be the lawyer on the file. So usually, we're the ones in, in my ideal world when I'm working with the employer. We're the ones who actually retain the investigator. I've never looked into Magnum PI. I don't know if he's still working these days, but the next time I will. Um, but you know, seriously, you know, one of the things that we like to do is we like to be the ones who retain the investigator. It helps to maintain some degree of privilege, which gets to the question of who sees the results. At the end of any investigation, there's got to be a report. And report can mean many different things. I mean, typically when I say report, we think of a fairly lengthy legalistic type of document, uh, which it will be in many cases. In other cases, it might be a short email, which simply says, I received a complaint of harassment, I met with the complainant, I met with the respondent, and here's what I find. Uh, but in most cases, it's more substantive than that. And the way I like to run things is that, as I said, we retain the investigator, whether it's Magnum or someone else, we get the report at the end of the day. And in many cases, we, we being the team at Redner Law, we're the only ones who actually see the full report. In many cases, we don't even send it to our client, which surprises a lot of people. But I'll tell you why. In most cases, there's really no reason for people to see it. And there's a lot of reason for people not to see it. So take the case of a sexual harassment investigation. Uh, and I've seen this several times now where there's an allegation of sexual harassment. During the investigation, it becomes clear that there was a consensual sexual relationship, which may have become non-consensual at some point. But this report is filled with details of the romantic and sexual relationship between two co-workers. There's absolutely no reason for their manager, for the owner, for the CEO, for anybody else to see or be aware of those details. What they need to know is what the allegations were, essentially what the process was in the investigation, and most importantly, what were the conclusions? Was there a finding that there was harassment or there wasn't harassment? So at the end of the day, and this is particularly true in Ontario under Bill 132, the complainant has a right to know what the conclusion was. They also have a right to know whether any discipline was imposed. The accused has a right to know what the outcome was. And someone in HR or whoever is sort of guiding this is also going to want to know what the outcome was. So we often prepare a very short summary or executive summary that we send to the parties. But for the most part, we try to keep the full report as close to the chest as we possibly can, knowing that if this goes to litigation, at some point the report, as well as the investigator's file and their notes, may have to come out. But in, I'd say, 95 out of 100 cases, that report stays with us, and the parties see a very short summary of the conclusion, and that's it. And that surprises a lot of people, um, but I can tell you we have not been challenged on that. And, and actually, one fairly amusing situation about a year and a half ago now where we had a client, uh, they weren't a client of ours at the time, they became a client of ours. They had someone who filed a complaint of harassment with the Ministry of Labor in Ontario. Once they got the complaint, the ministry contacted the employer, the employer contacted our firm. We retained an investigator. A full investigation was done in Ontario under Bill 132, and we're seeing this evolve in other jurisdictions as well, including federally. 
there is an obligation to conduct an appropriate investigation. And the Ministry of Labor basically has the, the right to evaluate whether the investigation was appropriate. So in this case, our client or our investigator that we retained did the investigation, gave us their report, which is about 15, 20 pages. We sent a one pager to the complainant, to the accused and to our client and to the inspector at the Ministry of Labor. And I then spoke to the inspector and said, you know, this is all when Bill 132 was fairly new. And I said, well, do you have to see the report? And the inspector, you know, to his credit, was quite honest with me and said, I don't know. I'm not sure how this works yet. But he said, I'm going to look into it. And if I need the report, I'll get back to you. That was about a year and a half ago. I haven't heard anything since. So presumably they don't. So, it, so the Ministry of Labor seems to be okay with the report being, you know, reserved for a council unless there's a claim made. So back to the question, who is entitled to see it? No one has to see the complete report, but the complainant, the accused, uh, and if there's more than one complaint or more than one accused, they should know what the conclusions were and if there was some sort of discipline imposed. Other than that, it should be kept as confidential as it possibly can be.